Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Campionato di calcio italiano. and welcome back to the fourth Italian football podcast, the only Italian football podcast that is present in the Serie A stadiums at the matches every single week. I am your host, Connor Clancy, fresh back from Genoa, Bologna. And joining me is a very, very happy Vito Doria. Vito, congratulations on your win and welcome along. Yes, I'm very happy with this weekend's result. As some people might say, it was early Frosinone, but... When you win 5-0 and play well, there's plenty to be happy about. Yeah, but it's always, it's, always happy to, it's always good to celebrate three points, even if you did earn those three points by playing against training cones. Um, not so happily joining me this week is Nick Carroll. Nick, it's probably going to be a theme of the first few weeks of this season, given your upcoming fixtures. Um, welcome along, nonetheless. Thank you. Good to be here. It really sounds like it's good to be here, Nick. I appreciate your enthusiasm for the pod this week. I'm sure that'll come across. Um, and given I'm aware that I seem to lack charisma in hosting this podcast, so here to bring the charisma in abundance is hey, Dovsky Bonning. Bringing the charisma. Charisma on show, everybody. Welcome along, mate. No, no, the reason you are the charisma, right? I'm not the charisma. Like, get me in the thing. I, I tend to disagree with that opinion. But no, no, I have no charisma. You've got the charisma, so that's why people don't want uh, me to be here. So we have to give, sorry, people. We have to give the people what they want, so we might have to give you the boot halfway through. We are the people. Right. Steady on. Uh, okay, you know what you've done there. All right, let's start with Juve. You were there today. I was there. We're allowed into Juve. We finally seen Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> score goals. We did. Well, you did. Um, mm. His first one was an absolute cracker. No. <laughs> Couldn't have been any easier. Stay, stay I love when a goal is anticipated that much, and then he he was underneath the crossbar when he scored it. But everyone was like, "How did Cristiano get on?" He was all right. He should have had about four goals or five goals, to be honest. His finishing wasn't very good. He needs to he needs to up his finishing. Um, well, no, he was fine. It was funny at the start because all the UV players were just passing to him or trying to pass to him to try and <laughs> to get him to get that. Goal. I wanted to ask you that actually because remember, as soon as they went one 0 up against Parma, they just started doing that. No, they were doing that the start against us. Well, when it was no, that's embarrassing. Well, yeah. well, it's the thing they need to get them get them off the mark, and then he scores one. What happens? Yeah, the second comes. It's like buses. That's what it's like. Cristiano Ronaldo's goals are like buses. Wages for one, and then two come along at the same time. Yeah. There you go. So yeah, right. that was that was all you need to say about Cristiano Ronaldo. That, that's all we're saying about the big so, man, is it? Right. Well, yeah. Yes, there's nothing else to say. No, I think when we're talking about this game, Cristiano Ronaldo isn't going to be too pleased because he has his headlines stolen from him by a certain Douglas Costa. Yeah. Uh, Vito, I'll bring you in. Actually, Abdul has commented. Douglas Costa's embarrassment has overshadowed Ronaldo's performance. Just as I'm saying, Abdul, excellent timing. <laughs> uh, Vito. This 
not really much that we need to say about this, is there? But like, what was he thinking? Hard to say if he was thinking much at all. He was just pure rage and he was just very furious after responding to some fouls, but it just was so unprofessional of him. I would have expected better from Douglas Costa because he is a very talented player and he's an asset to that Juventus side. But to act the way he did towards Federico Di Francesco was nothing more than a disgrace and hopefully he does get a heavy suspension for his actions. Yeah. It was disgusting, Vito. It wasn't even disgrace. It was actually disgusting. He spat in his mouth. It's like spitting at somebody's bad enough, but he literally spat and it went in his mouth. And this was after he head-butted him and elbowed him. Yeah, you don't elbow me. Um, after, after the game, Allegri was obviously asked about it about a million times and he's like, yeah, he's getting fined for it. Um, so he's going to get a fine. But I probably won't make that much of a difference given how much he gets paid. And he'll get three games at the very least. But you'd, you'd kind of think that, that the league would maybe go a bit more heavier on him because it was it was it wasn't just oh yeah he, he missed up with a head but he actually went disgusting. Well, that's it, Nick. It started because Di Francesco challenged Douglas Costa and he took exception to that, and then just went out on Di Francesco. He stuck a headbutt in on him right in front of the referee and just missed, so he got away with that. But that should have been a red card because he intended to headbutt yeah, him. Probably got sent off for that anyway, but mm-hmm. then it just kind of escal- it escalated very quickly. Yeah, but then there was the other incident where Douglas Costa went in on Di Francesco and swung an elbow mm-hmm. and spat. There was a horrifying moment when you watch it back and you can see Di Francesco realises that he's been spat on and, he and then his face just is. like he realises, oh, that's in my mouth. And you can just see his little face drop. Oh, I felt bad for the wee guy. Yeah. But... Nick, would you expect there to be more than a three-game ban for this, given they could just accumulate the red card offences? I think there needs to be. Serie A needs to clamp down on any kind of ridiculous crap like this. So it's the last thing Serie A needs. As you said, it's overshadowed Cristiano Ronaldo's first goals in the league, which is, you know, that's what the whole league has been about talking about this whole season so far. So... Um, yeah, it's disgusting. I mean, I wouldn't even do that to you, Connor. So, um, yeah, just, just I would, I would hope not. Um, one thing, right, that, that really shocked me, I had to ask you, was Sammy Kadir was captain, mm-hmm. and then Pella Dybala was vice captain. Mm-hmm. Which, well, the way UV do it is they do it obviously, they appoint their captain, so obviously, Killing is the captain, and then they do it based on appearances afterwards. And obviously, and with Benucci coming back, he's obviously got more appearances than everybody, but because of what happened, yeah. uh, um, I think I mentioned this in the podcast, that it's Adam Digby, that they're going to count Benucci's appearances from when he's re-signed. <laughs> okay. So that he's not kind of just coming back after kind of falling out of the club and then being the captain again. If anything, that's to keep the fans on side, yeah. which is probably a good decision. Uh, Cheyenne has come in. He is getting worried, I'm guessing, as a Juve fan, he's getting worried that Pella Dybala will not fit in with Ronaldo. It's something we've kind of touched on before, but is he a one-formation man? Nick, thoughts on that? Um, I, th- I think Dybala is a bit more flexible, but certainly, I mean, if, if for anyone that watched that first half, it was absolute rubbish, the whole match. <laughs> like it was, about, it was getting up to midnight in Australia, and I was like fighting off the dozing because it was just nothing. Um, particularly for Juventus, though, at least Sassuolo had a strategy. They knew they were going to have it up against them. So, And they were brave in trying to play it out from the back too, a, a bit more brave than I would have had them. Um, but it, nothing was working up front between Dybala, Mandzukic and Ronaldo. It was just, it was like there was no instructions. They were just put up there and said, do your best, good luck. Yeah, I, I yeah. think they, that's the kind of thing that they're all they were all trying to find Ronaldo. Like, yeah. if, if if they hadn't have done that, then it probably been. I think now he scored those goals, kind of that kind of duck, if you whatever that kind of thing that was hanging over him, it probably will be gone now. So it'll maybe get a bit more fluid with them. Um, but I think that thing, the, you're right. In the first half, it was pretty rubbish to be to be honest. Yeah, I, th- I think that takes a huge amount of pressure off the Ronaldo thing. So it would be interesting to see how the next couple games go. I think 
it looks like they'll probably stick with that kind of um, start, given that Costa won't be there. So, um, but I, I think there's more more of a concern about their midfield. To be honest, I think um, if it, for a game against Sassuolo, they needed to dominate, and it wasn't good enough for me. That I mean, what, I, I think they had like forty two percent possession. Yeah, in that yeah, Sassuolo had fifty seven percent possession, yeah. and they had more like, shots than UB as well. What? One more behind. <laughs> Still how, more. Do you, how do you how do you like? I don't understand how you justify that. It's that, that no, midfield. You're right. What you say, Sassuolo were playing around the box and in midfield, and they were quite happy to pass it around there. Yeah. They just couldn't do anything up front because Kevin Prince Boateng is this weird kind of false nine striker. It's just odd to watch, and he keeps dropping off. It kind of like when we get into Inter, it's similar to Keita, and he's meant to be up front, but he's not really up front. And then the guys who are either side of him weren't coming in. Um, but Ardy was just kind of stationed on the right and didn't really do too much. So it's kind of almost kind of part of what of how they play. That they're they're happy with the ball. Deserbi's, I think he's done a great job there, and they're happy with that. But they haven't got the penetration, so it's kind of what you expect. But you, you never thought Juventus were going to lose that. No, but then on the flip side of that, how many times have we seen Juve go toe to toe with better opposition than Sassuolo, with all due respect, and just allow them have the ball? They don't care about possession. They'll sit back. Okay, you're not going to break us down. We've got Douglas Costa, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Paolo Dybala there to just smash you on the counter attack. Play away. So I wouldn't read too much into the possession sets. Juve got another win. They're going to keep doing this until May. And by the way, everyone else is going about it. Juve will have the Scudetto in their hands probably by like October 27th or something. Is that mathematically possible? Because I'm sure teams like a dot points or something. Uh, I'm glad you have on Sassuolo. Go. I was just going to say, they have more wins than Roma, Milan, and Inter combined. <laughs> what the f- It's fuck. It, it's Sorry, I shouldn't swear. It is ridiculous. Like, we're four games in. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of depressing, that, isn't it? I hadn't, I hadn't seen that. That's, yeah, that's quite nice. Nick, that's the best that you've come with this season. Good work. <laughs> oh, I had a really good stat the other week. But sure. Is this when you when I was in Genoa last and you just kept me awake at night? Mm. Yeah. yeah, they weren't good. Anyway, uh, João Cancelo, oh, he was, he was good, good, wasn't he? Best right back in the world. There we go. We were trying to discuss this the other night. Actually. Best right back in the world. He's Brilliant. probably worth a shout. Aaron Holland is crying here. He's broken <laughs> Um Do you want to sing Cancelo's praises or? No, no, he was really good. He's he's almost like a winger. Mm. Um, well, obviously, Sassuolo didn't really offer too much. He didn't have much to do in defence, but I mean, he's all over the place. Him I mean, Cristiano if you thought he was good at Inter last season, he's even better now. He's got mm. some of that UV winning mentality, Nicholas. Huh? Why'd you have to do that? It's early. <laughs> we haven't even gone to Inter yet and you're sticking the life there. That's ridiculous, Carry on. That charisma yeah, needs to be Yeah, exactly. Right. I just, I just, just stopped. Um, yeah, no more charisma from me. Yeah, no, James, it was good. It was really good. What we didn't mention about the Douglas Costa and the repercussions of his idiocy is that he'll probably miss the Napoli game. Vito, Napoli... They've been good against the better teams. No, I'm not disrespecting Sampdoria. Good against the bigger teams, let's say. Uh, they've got their wins there. And it looks like that Sampdoria game might have just been a once-off. But how much will Juventus miss him? And can Napoli actually make that his absence count? I don't know what to say. He will be missed, but Juventus have fantastic depth anyway, especially in the right-wing position. So they can choose between Juan Cuadrado and Federico Bernardeschi. So... He is still a replaceable player, and that just goes to show how strong Juventus' depth is at the moment. Napoli possibly could provide a contest, but um, like always, I think Napoli will have a big fight on their hands against Juventus. So just have to see how things pan out. And also under Ancelotti, they haven't been overly convincing, but they're still getting the results. So I think it goes to show that Napoli may be the finally learning that they can't always play beautiful football, but if they can still obtain results, that should boost their confidence a lot. All right. Um, that, that'll do. You both as well. Nick, how are all those positives over uh, the Giuseppe Miazza going for you? You want to do this again, Connor? <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you it wasn't going to be fun. Nah, but really... That's why they're called Pazza Inter, Clancy. They're crazy. It's a it's one wild ro- roller coaster. It's, well, it's, it's what better it's about. than that. Because what's your take on it? Because we were both there, 
and we have slightly different takes on it. Um, so, Nick, as, as someone who's hurting, what do you think? Okay. Um, okay, firstly, there's no excuse for, for that, for losing to Parma. Um, absolutely dominated the match. Um, so that's – there were some questionable decisions by Spalletti. My main one, I was really annoyed that Kandreva actually started, given that Politano has been one of the most brightest um, players in attack this season for Inter. So I did – I absolutely did not understand that. Um, I think I think I need to mention Brozovic's hair because that just pissed me off as well. So <coughs> – as soon as I saw that, I was like, Something's, something bad's going to happen today. I just, I knew it. When he came out, I didn't know who it was. <laughs> it took me a while. And then he did a stupid pass. I was like, oh, that's, that's, that's epic. That's Rosa, Rosa, guys. That's epic. Rosa. I think, Rosa. I'm sorry to cut you off because I was kind of hoping you might go, go off on one. But Kendrago was good, mate. He's, he's, he's oh, not, no, he, he started. He was good. He started well. Um, but don't, don't get me wrong. He started well. Towards the end, he kind of dropped off a bit. But, my point is, I'm, I'm questioning why he got the the nod over one of the form players of the team. Um, again, there's a lot of splitty hate going on, and so some of it I might agree with for this match, but still, I don't. I think it's way over the top, um, particularly given that Icardi um, is still not clearly hundred percent fit. Um, Nangalan's in his second game in that position um, in the middle of the the forward kind of midfield attacking three. Uh, and Latara Martinez isn't available either. So um, my biggest frustrations is the midfield for me, really, because, um, I mean, for, for me, Brozovic, I don't know, he seems to just have carte blanche in this midfield. Like, he can do no wrong. But he... he did 128 passes this match. Like, I feel like he gets on the field and is like, if I just make passes, people are going to love it. But you can do is 300 passes. If you're not going to do anything of note, then there's absolutely no point. Um, it just seems like they're passing it around for the sake of it at times. Well, absolutely dominant. did 25 less passes than the uh, 25% less passes than they had against Bologna. They had like, was it 650? They tried. Mm-hmm. Whereas against Bologna, they tried over 800. Um, and Brozovic wasn't very good um, either. But for me, the problem isn't in the midfield. The problem's at the top end of the pitch because you're playing Keita, who's not a striker, but then you've got Kandreva and Perisic firing balls in the box to a guy who's about five foot five, and it just doesn't work. Whereas like Inter's game is built around the card. It has been like since but, like, they can't. Inter don't have a replacement for Ricardi, so if he's out, the kind of game plan's not there. And, or, or the way that Spalletti wants to play doesn't work with the players he's got when Riccardi's not there. Like, like for me, he changed a 4-3-3 or something yeah. like that. Because Nangalan's not a trequartista. No, he's not. And okay. Keita's not a striker. And what does this say about their transfer window, though? Because are the person responsible for the players they brought in? Because it did look like they had signed pretty well on paper this summer. <laughs> but they've signed well without addressing the needs that they had on the team. They brought in Nangalan to do the role of a 10, which he's not. And he doesn't look comfortable there. You want him in a three. And they, they're still absolutely toothless without a card. Well, the thing, the thing that got me is that after the game, the press conference, Nick, I don't know if you read my wonderful article on Forza Time Football because it was wonderful. Of course I did. Uh, exactly. But he keeps moaning about the mentality, right? He's not moaning about the tactics or saying, oh, we've not got a striker. He, just, he was moaning about the mentality, saying that, when the players tried, when, when things didn't work out, they kind of like almost give up and they get frustrated and they don't know what to do. And I, and it did the whole last season as well. And it just strikes me as a bit of like, right, okay, you kind of said this is a problem. Surely you must have fixed it by now or you must have told the players, look, like, sort yourselves out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Are you okay? You lost the words, yeah. I'm trying to be calm about this. I feel like everyone's, I feel like I'm under pressure to just like lose my shit. Um, I don't know. Like in realistically, Kate is the third choice in that position for me. Mm. Um, so I think that, that kind of forget that very easily. And, and I understand the mentality thing because 
tactics yeah it's there's still a lot of questions there and there's still probably going to be a lot of changes in the next couple of weeks granted i think spalletti needs to make a couple decisions going forward um as to how this season's going to go but um Forget what I was really saying. But you mentioned Spalletti, <laughs> so I'm going to jump in. In, in those next yes. two games, Spurs in the Champions League, Sampdoria away, they could easy. quite easily lose both of them. And then, uh, right, and then Fiorentina. They could quite easily lose the next three games without a win. Then, then do we start talking about Spalletti being sacked? Because right now, they've, um, got their, they've got their worst start to the season since Gasparini. And what happened to him after five games? He got a sack. Look at him now. <laughs> Well, I mean, if we're really talking about Spalletti getting the sack, then it's... Not now, in then, three games, if he doesn't win yeah, the three games. Because then, then that's what, three another, another two in the league, so you've got six in the league in the first Champions League game. But I, the mentality, you can't go past that, I'm sorry, but with that amount of possession against a team like Parma that's just come out, and with all due respect, that their quality is not all that um they were bad you know put 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 aside tactics or anything there is enough individual talent on that field to win that match that that's it full stop there's no so you at, at some point yes there is questions over tactics and all that but at some point you have to look at these players and say well i mean these guys are brought in to do a certain job and they're not doing it whether it's as a team whether it's the individuals but you know, that's why I look at the players more than Spalletti because that's where the problem is. And it has improved under Spalletti, but there's still clearly a long way to go. The hope is that um, after a few matches, Nangalan's going to build more of a combination. There'll be Akadi back. There'll be Akadi's backup in that striker role, remembering Keita is not there for that role. So there's there's so many positives, Connor. No, but um, <laughs> <laughs> look... I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm really, I'm pissed off at the result, but I'm concerned, but I'm not panicking just yet. All right. Um, I'm just looking at the comments. Our commenters seem split on Spalletti's position as well. Abdul says he deserves the patience of the fans and definitely until January at least because of the job he did last season. Um, What else have we got? A win against Tottenham might change things. Vito, quickly, how likely do you think that is? Um, I'm pretty pessimistic about that. Although Spurs lost that home to Liverpool, um, I do think that Inter's form is worse than Spurs, so I think uh, Spurs can fancy their chances of getting a result. So, um, Apo in the comment, he said, typical though, they'll turn up against a, a tough team. And that's the thing, Inter will actually lift for teams like that. You see... Inter go into Derby d'Italia sometimes with absolutely no form on the back, and they'll they'll play this completely. It's a completely different team. So while while I'm very nervous about the Tottenham match, um, I can hundred percent guarantee that the mentality and the the players will be a lot more switched on than they were against Parma, which is half of the problem of this team. Yeah, you, you do think with Spalletti sides and this Inter one in particular that they are probably better suited to playing teams better than them because they don't have the responsibility of trying to pick these holes. Um, Philip, welcome along. I'm sorry, but he's struggling this week. Why? Just why? Come on, Inter, you're better than this. Well, Philip, we'll see. What about the the goal, though? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Just just what about the goal? This is something I want to talk about because DiMarco, anyone who doesn't celebrate against your former club, Watch what DeMarco did. He's playing against his current parent club, and he was loving it. Top off, knee slide across San Siro. You were loving it, Clancy. Mate, it was amazing. He ran over towards me and said, oh, I like But no, seriously, what a goal. And it was weird, like, being there because... Well, I, I did, it didn't look like it was going to go in. It looked like it was going, like, miles wide because Handanovic didn't look bother. And then you seen the net bulging, like... Christ, and there was that, that just went in. You know that beautiful moment where an away team scores a goal like that, and there's that minute or second of silence before everyone's oh, that actually went in, and the Parma fans were up in the skies. So you could hear them, but faintly. What's the story behind the inter we hate? We inter, have a new commenter. Just... All right. No, this, I got accused two weeks ago of being an inter fan. 
we literally have an interfan on the podcast. We don't, we don't hate anybody. We just we just say it like it is. Yeah. Hashtag tell the truth. Um, and generally, if we say things about a team that the fans of that team don't want to hear, we get accused of hating them. Yeah, we don't um, hate it. I like it. are nice to me. So, um, and we're doing that as well, Apple. We're giving, we're giving <laughs> Nick some some uh, some poo. <laughs> if if there's ever a question mark, it's that one, isn't it? Yeah. It's always we're just giving Nick a hard yeah, time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, DiMarco. Right. He's, he's <laughs> DiMarco said that he didn't want his first goal to be against a team that he loved, but then he went mental when he scored. So that's good. I like that though. You know, one thing I hate is when when players don't celebrate like against a former team, but they played for once. Yeah, yeah, and they're like, "Oh, I don't want to do that." I'm like, "No, just go for it." You scored an amazing goal. Enjoy the moment because you're not going to score another one like that in your career. As Aaron Holland points out, though, Inter aren't just nice to you. They're handing out points out exactly. against the moment. Aaron. It's nice that you say that because Roma didn't do too well this week either, did they? They, they handed out points to Kievo after well, going no, 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 no. Wait, hold on a minute. Kievo dropped two points. I think we need to get this. Get the <laughs> right, no, no, no. We're not, You're not in on this just yet. Vito, I want to talk about Roma because I don't want to talk about Kievo. But I've seen Eusebio Di Francesco get a lot of criticism after today's game. But... Is it all his fault? I mean, he had his two best players sold from under his nose this summer. And he was given all of these new guys who haven't really proven themselves at an elite level yet. So is it harsh to criticize him just yet? Or should he take some more responsibility? I do think criticism of Di Francesco is harsh. But in saying that, I reckon he should address the fact that Roma should not have slowed down in the second half. They thought they had it easy after going 2-0 up in the first half, and then they seemed to be in cruise control. They treated the game as a training session, and then Kiev came back, and that's what happens sometimes if you don't get your game management right or if you just slow down at 2-0. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You've got Eusebio Di Francesco's press conference there, and it's eerily similar to the comments that Luciano Spalletti made when Inter threw away to go lead. Uh, we will make a mention. We had our reporter Alistair McKenzie at the Stadio Olimpico for course of time football because we're at the games. We're at all the games. And he's here, he was pissed off. I was talking to him before, I was like, we'll wait and see what it's like after the game. And then he's like, yeah, I'll give you the press conference because he is angry and he's just pissed off at the. Uh, the, uh, a mentality thing. He's saying that he said that it's a question of mentality. We need to work on it. So, do these coaches just not have any kind of say over how the players this, are supposed to be? I, I got annoyed when Spalletti said it, so I'm, I have to get annoyed that Di Francesco. It's, it's the buzzword. It's, it's his job to make sure the mentality is right, and if not, you're just pointing the finger of blame at yourself. Yeah, well, when you're facing an amazing Kiva had Walter Biersa, King Walter of Biersa, you're screwed when he comes on. Just smashes him. What did I just say? You're a great guy. Lovely guy. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I wasn't listening to you. <laughs> Nick, um, someone said that Di Francesco and Spalletti are summoning their inner Jean-Pierre Ventura. 
with their performances at their respective clubs this year. What what do you think of the whole De Francesco situation? I'm I'm sympathetic to him except. It blows my mind that we are in this state in 2018 and we're four matches into a Serie A season and we're already just going to town on these coaches. I mean, I'm with you on De Francesco, to my, be honest. My, my, point, my point being that Serie A is probably one of the leagues where they just have no respect for, for you know, actually letting coaches develop in a team. They're just out, in and out, in and out, in and out. Um and and we're still doing this. I don't, after Di Francesco's first season in charge, where he he significantly overperformed, uh, Roma did, um, and now we're looking at he he's had two two big changes in his midfield. He's he's got a basically a new team, and we're 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 take. I I just don't understand how he's not at least given more time to make this team work. I mean, look you you look at the that midfield compared to what he had last last season like that's that's huge it's huge i'm pretty sure we've already spoken about this but i mean di francesco i don't don't think deserves any criticism but this is sorry sorry, not any but but, this is the question he's getting criticism everywhere but surely the club have to step in because it was the club who above his head said right nangalan's gone allison's gone struckman's gone not really the thing with monchi and roma and Munchie said this, if an offer comes in for a player and we think is good enough, the player will like that. Everybody's up for sale, essentially. So if the offer comes in, and uh, got, there's a question there asking about Strootman, um, Phil, Phil Ags asking yeah, why he yeah. sold him. It's, it's not that Strootman wanted to leave or anything like that. It's that Roma have said everybody's for sale if, there's a, if the price is right. I just think that, and they thought twenty-five million for a guy who not really been in the best form, has got injury problems. They took him. I get that, but to sell both him and Nangalan in the same summer. But then they've got Pastore, Cristante, Pellegrini, De Rossi. So and they, and uh, who's the other guy? Is it Coric? Is he a midfielder as well? Like, they've got Nzonzi. Right. Yes. So they've got they've got Cristante. Cristante doesn't play in a midfield three. Um, Pellegrini he does, does it, Roma. Yeah, he's not. <laughs> He hasn't been very good. I know he scored today, but he hasn't been very good. Um, Pellegrini still hasn't quite proven it at that level. Who else did you know? Pastore. Pastore, he's... he's yeah, well, yeah. There's, there's, there's a reason he's not a not, anymore, I don't think... I think I would personally would have, rather have Nangle. But then again, Nangle and I have problems with, the, with De Francesco as well. So that was kind of mutually beneficial for them to get rid of him. Vito, you're chomping at the bit to jump in. Yeah, You've been sitting quietly. Go for it. I am. <laughs> Well, if someone's got to get the blame, I would rather blame uh, Monchi than Di Francesco. But as Dov said, that's just part of the business model. In saying that, I just hope Roma don't buck buck down to the pressure from, you know, exterior forces and, you know, sack Di Francesco. I think it would be silly. And also, after what he's done last season, I think he deserves the chance to... Just mould the team together again, get used to that new midfield that he's got to work with and give them time because they could possibly progress in the second half of the season and to get rid of him so early, I think it would just be a waste. And let's let's not forget the fact that, I mean, while it did end up a draw, I mean, Roma in that first half was so much better. Like, it was... It was easy for them, and that's that's why it's it seemed like they just they had they didn't have the motivation because they just thought it was gonna. I think, as Vito said, it was just like they thought it was a training match. I think they they had the feeling like it was just going to turn into Sampdoria Frosinone, where they were just going to keep doing these easy goals, and it looked easy, and the players reacted accordingly. They just kind of took it easy, and they almost invited Kiev back into the match and. Well, Kievan could have won it at the end if Kievan, it also didn't make that. Yeah. Hey, Giaccarini. Giaccarini. Oh, my gosh. Giaccarini's a legend. Vito <laughs> touched on something there. And it's true. Roma are building a new team. But, but they're always building they're a always new team. Building. That, that's, they're always building a new team. It's like you're, they're never going to get anywhere if, A, they take the mentality of everybody's for sale. Because you'll get, get if you get somebody half decent, which has happened pretty much every single year since... Uh, um, Palotta's taken over they have to sell the best players 
Like what? Remember when Eric Lamella was Roma's hot new thing, and now he sits on the bench at Spurs. Under will be next. Cliver will be after that. Cristante will probably go somewhere else if he gets decent. Pellegrini, like Manolas, there's these players who are really good already could get even better. And Roma will sell them, and then they're building again. You can't keep. You can't be in a process of always building. Because it's just you never you never build a house if you're always building. Not if you're at that level. If you are one of the clubs who just wants to survive, you can do that. But Roma, Roma got to the semi-final, but exactly. Roma should be trying to win things. But when was the last time they won anything? Ah, exactly. There's a question. There's a question coming. Phil, I'm sorry. When was the last time Roma won something? I'm sorry, Phil, but you're clever at jokes at the moment. Um, (laughs) That's brutal. But like this is it. This is it's frustrating for me because I don't want all of these teams to be terrible. But if you look at it, Inter drop points this weekend, Roma drop points this weekend, Milan drop points this weekend. Napoli got smashed by Samp last time. Milan drop points this weekend. You are just gonna have the league done by the new Kiev year. Kiev also drop points this weekend. It's all about Sassuolo, but you have already knocked them off. So <laughs> Sassuolo finished second. Um, the see the problem with this is sorry I want to keep just have one more point the problem with this is it's not that we hate Roma or we hate anybody or we don't want them to do well it's the fact that they if they don't do well you may win the league every season and then that just makes the league boring the season's going to be boring yeah. sorry it's going to be so rubbish because you may have the league one by March but it's the teams that we expected to really put up a, a challenge for the top four it now looks like it's going to come down to already who's going to throw it away the least as Nick said with that ridiculous stat but Juve have won more games than the three next biggest teams or whatever, but th- that should not be happening, especially when you look at some of the games. Well, that's the difference played. between the teams. Juve are a winning machine. The other teams are rebuilding or they're changing this. and change. Juve just, right, we've got this, with this, we'll win. And well, you can have all the possession you want, we'll win. And, and it's, it's literally just, for me, it's a difference in mentality. And to have mentality problems, Roma have mentality problems, Milan or... There's, there's one team that doesn't have mentality problems. Because they're like, they win. Napoli say that they have it all the time, but they I don't. Was, I was talking to my good friend Sheridan Bart on the way home today. Hi, Sheridan. And we, and we were talking about uh, like the, the, the mentality thing, because we are talking about Inter. How many players on the Inter team have actually won stuff? Oh. Asamoah? Miranda Hananovic wasn't there the Champions League you're, you're kind of really like they haven't won anything and whereas like, where, in Juve's case they signed Ronaldo who's a winner regardless of what you say and they've all won the league a million times and they've just got this team of people who want to win and know how to win Inter, Milan Napoli, Roma they don't have that yeah and Juve can't even afford to give those boys away so they give away at some they give away. Well, yeah, yeah, they're like, we're done with them. We've got Cancelo. Not yeah. They give away Benucci for a bit as well. <laughs> yeah. Come back. Like, God, have Benucci. See how you get on. Yeah. Come, come on, Leonardo. Come back. Come back on. Speaking <laughs> of strong mentalities, Nick, Napoli do deserve credit this week. They got a, a hard fought win against Fiorentina. They were much the better team. Insignia, Insignia on his own had every chance Napoli had in this game, I think. And he eventually got his goal. What I want to talk about, though, is the, the striker dynamic there between. Dries Mertens and Arik Milik. I think under Ancelotti that Milik is probably better suited to playing the striker's role, especially if they're going to do this 4-4-2 thing where Insignia plays off him. Yeah, certainly in 4-4-2, Milik, um, Milik is very much favoured um, to partner Insignia. It's weird. At times this season, I've already thought Dries Mertens is much, much... Can you guys stop doing that, please, when I'm talking? Um <clears throat> Nick, this goes out as an audio, so don't do things like that. <laughs> don't do things like that. Um, no, um, at, at times, Dries Merton, when he's been on, you just see the the combination from um, previous seasons taking taking shape, and it, they look so much better. But then, you know, in in this match, when Milik came on, that's when things started to turn, and it, it really worked for them. So, um, at, I mean, the positive being that it, there's. There's more options for this Napoli squad now. Um, it seems like they can change formations. They can change this eleven. So, you know, it, it's it's they are building Dov, but it's um, there's lots of positives, and they're still getting the wins. So, um, it's 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 positive change, and it can only help them um, going forward when they when they play teams like a Juventus. When when things aren't working, they can change a formation. Where in previous seasons they just 
for 90 minutes, keep doing the same thing. Like it's going to change anything. So um, it's really positive and they can grind out wins like this. So yeah, I think um, they'll continue to uh, surprise many of the people that uh, wrote them off. It's fine. Um, Napoli are probably going to finish second now just by default because no one else will finish. No, Sassuolo second, Sampdoria third. Uh, Who's finished fourth? No, they'll finish third though, Vito. Have some faith. And then fourth place will go to... Spal. Yeah, Spal. Spal are bombing it. They're going (laughs) to win tomorrow night as well, which... It's going to be embarrassing. Spal could go second tomorrow night if they win. And I put money on Andrea Batania scoring tomorrow, by the way, because he never scores. But he'll score against Atalanta. And who, who else is there? Your man, Paloski, as well. Kurtic, Paloski, Drame. Grassi was there, but he's gone he's now. Gone Anyone that left Atalanta in the last 12 months now plays for Spal. And that's just how win. it works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Congratulations, Spal. Um, right, Vito. Cagliari Milan, one each. We won't spend too long on this. Um, right, do you know what I'm going to talk to you about? Nicolo Barella, because he's 21 and he captained Cagliari. He came through there. He's been there his whole life, except for a long spell at Como. He's a youngster that Italian fans should be getting excited about until he goes and signs for Juve and sits on the bench. <laughs> Says about, right? <laughs> From what I've seen of Barella, he's a player that's very calm on the ball, especially for someone at a young age, and he's a graceful player too, so... He is an important part to the Coyote team and the Milanese clubs have been linked with him the most and I think he would add that extra bit of uh, class and creativity to the midfields if they do acquire him. If I really had to pick one over the other, I would prefer the Rossoneri to pick him because Inter seem to have this fixation with defensive midfielders and these grafting types. So someone who has a bit of class like him I think he would suit AC Milan more than Inter. We've got some top four predictions coming in already. Um, Hamad says top four in order. Juve, Napoli, Lazio, Milan. That's is a good shout. Lazio are a good shout. Lazio are always under the radar. It's really weird. Like, they're a really good team. And Zaghi's a really good coach. Well, that one is, One of yeah. the best. Yeah. Simone, fantastic. we should say. Um, yeah, not the other one. He's right. Four people. Poor Absolutely. People. Um, Milan then no it's, it's the same thing as normal the Sussel's crap <laughs> for this part can we just scrap this right and we'll just go and pluck bits that we said about each of these clubs last season it's the same and just thing. pop it back in it's the same rubbish it's just the same but said they've got a good striker this time if that was Kalinic last season he would not have scored the chance that would have lost scored. 100% so that's the difference Higuain yeah. is the difference just, uh, if you give him, the, give him the ball in the box he'll score that's it Higuain and will prove that. to be the difference by the end of the season because I do think Milan will get top four and Higuain is going to get yeah yeah I said it I, I, last time we spoke I said I need to see them once more and I saw them play against Roma was it Roma? Yeah, the beat? Was, yeah, yeah and that, that did it for me <laughs> they'll get top four um, Hamad right Vito you can take this one because you've been sorry um, do you think Sampdoria, Fiorentina, or Atalanta could finish top four? Yes. yes. What do you think? <laughs> One of them could finish top four. Uh, oh, very, a oh, very tough. Look, I hope Sampdoria finishes top four, but I think it'd be a big task. We've got to make sure that most of our players remain fit. And of course, I'll reiterate again, we've really got to improve our weight record. If we do that, um, that would help us immensely. Atalanta, um, I think it's possible because they have the two squad years this year. ago they finished fourth. It's a much better squad than two years ago, so the potential's there. Fiorentina, I reckon, I still think they need a better midfield. They got the forwards, but the midfield needs to be more creative and feed those strikers a lot better than what they have been doing. Yeah, Benassi just doesn't look like he's... I don't know, they've not had Berto. I think they had him against Napoli, but didn't have him the game before. He's but, really, yeah, really good players. Yeah, Virtue and Jerson can do better. Yeah. Jerson's Benassi's goals. My best team's great. Yeah, Benassi's, I don't know. I really liked him when he was at Torino, but I, I think that might have been more closer to his level. I'm not sure he's got anything that makes him outstanding. And I think you need to have at least one thing, unless you're. He's in good form. 
Mm. He was awful in that game that he got the winner in against Udinese. He was terrible. And Chiesa just slapped him in. To be fair, it was a bloody good finish. Uh, right, Vito, go. Sampdoria beat the training cones 5-0. Um, <laughs> did you see that goal? I didn't see the goal. Right, there's a goal. Sampdoria's goal. I think it was Caprari's goal, Vito, if I'm not mistaken. The goal to make it 2-0? Yes. Where yeah, there were, that was a beautiful goal. It was a beautiful goal for the last three passes. But everything up until that, Frozenoni stood still. And Sampdoria just passed it around them. They were like waiting for Frozenoni to pressure them and no one did. So then they just played a ball through midfield and defence. And then all of a sudden the Frozenoni defenders were in trouble. Um, but credit to Sampdoria, big win. Um, they look good. Vito, you must be getting excited. Even when Edgar Barreto plays, they're winning games now. Mm. Well, I I have been one of his biggest critics, if not his biggest critic. His biggest critic, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. And he was actually one of our best. Not only did he work his socks off, but he actually used the ball very well. So credit where it's due. And he was the one that provided the cross for Fabio Quayarella to score the opening goal. And he was and he provided a superb long pass for Gaston Ramirez to set up the fifth goal for Gregoire de Frel. So it's great to see someone like him who doesn't perform well enough actually do something. And Nicola Murru, the left back, he's another player that's got some criticism from Sampdoria fans. And I thought his effort was very good against Frosinone, just the way he patrolled the flank. And he played with great confidence. So hopefully he can continue in that trend and keep going with that momentum because we need to get as many wins as possible, even on the road and even against these small sides. So anything to boost the confidence helps. Well, it looks like you're facing injury at a good time. And the fact that you've got the two home games against big teams, either side of going to Frozenone where you're not going to lose. And you did. So this Inter game looks like it could go well as well. You don't want to curse it or anything. You're, well, you I'm, not doing anything. I'm not going to say it. I can say something if you want. Yeah, say something. Right. Um, you were at Genoa Bologna. There you go. We're at the, at the rubbish games as well. We've not just got the big teams, we've got the rubbish teams. All right. Bring it right. I'll bring the charisma. Do you want me to bring the charisma? Yeah. <laughs> I'll talk about Piantec, because that's how you say his name. Piantec. 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 Yeah, this guy is good. He's got eight goals this season. Four of them. I don't know if best striker in Europe. He is. He's Europe's hottest striker. No one in the big five leagues has scored more than him. Vito, you guys have had your little Polish superstars. Genoa now have theirs. Because this guy, oh, he's so good. He can do everything. How is he so good? He can well, do how is he everything. So good? He's, he's playing. Tell the people. He's always in the right place. Whenever there's a loose ball in the box, he's there. He gets his shots on target more often than not. He can head it. He can control it. He can hold it up and bring others into play. And he can finish. Finishing is so good. I was talking to a guy from Bologna about Matteo Destro at the game today. And I was saying, every time he misses, he looks like he just wants the ground to swallow him up. And I described him as being a ghost occupying Destro's body because he is terrible. But context the exact opposite. Every time he missed, you just thought, oh, he's definitely going to score his next one. And normally when you've missed a few chances, you kind of just want one to pop up, not to think about it and just to smash it home. But his goal, I think it was Crescito played it to him outside the box and he carried it forward a few steps and just opened his body up and curled it into the bottom right corner it was a beautiful finish I've seen him against two poor teams might talk about Bologna because they are the worst team I've ever seen (laughs) and Empoli but I don't know I've been really impressed with Piontek I think the Barcelona have been watching him they've had scouts at the games and if he's there beyond January I'll be surprised and if he is there beyond January, he will probably be on loan from someone who has signed him. Maybe that's why he's so good, because he's playing for a big move. Yeah. Well, Baladini Destro's had his chances and screwed them <laughs> yeah. all. So he's a broken man. Baladini was asked about him a couple of weeks ago, and Baladini got annoyed at the whoever asked him the question, the journalist. He was like, oh, why are you talking about him? I don't want people to know about him. And he can see why, because he's good. He's, I yeah. like him. He, he's up there with... Giovanni Simeone for me and strikers that I love watching already. Yeah, okay, so let's go from the top, from the highs of Piontek to the lows of Bologna. Bologna haven't scored this season yet. And they're extending the record of being crap. No, they're so bad. So, and they never look like scoring. They've got Destro up front. 
And then that's not going right. So they bring on the boy Federico Santander. Yeah, I was going to say that they play Santander. He's just a lump with long hair and he's not even an effective lump. Like, he just goes up front. They play the ball to his head and he can't jump to win the headers. He's awful. Like, how is he there? Who, who signed him? Bologna have money. Bologna have a big stadium. They're in a big city. Their owners are minted. Why are they this bad? Maybe it's because he's got the same name as a bank. I don't know. So you thought Santander bank money? Who knows? I don't know what they're thinking because he, he should play for Racing Santander. Yeah, he should, he should just play anywhere that isn't a good football league. He's got the MLS. Actually, yeah, he could go there. That was Joseph up. Martinez. Um, yeah, like he can be as good as Sebastian Javinko if he goes out MLS way. Yeah, Bologna are crap. End of story. Yeah, yeah. Bologna are gone. Bologna and Frosinone are gone. I say, who, who's going to get sacked first? Inzaghi, Spalletti or Di Francesco? Hmm? There's a question. Are any of those like merry-go-round available? Yeah, because Inzaghi <laughs> will be gone. Get big Eddie Ray. Then, then they'll bring Donadoni back in. There you go. I was going to say bring Eddie Ray in, but he will just make them not concede. They still won't score any goals because he'll play with no strikers. Hmm. Is that it? Empoli, Lazio, Lazio. Lazio, do you want to talk about I didn't. I didn't see Empoli Lazio, to be honest with you. Any of you see Empoli Lazio, no? No, but I did see the winner for Marco Parolo, so, you know, at least uh, he's doing something useful. So, Although I another one you'll win. Uh, Vieri Capretta, our man, he said Empoli played very good football. That was, that was his comment. I, I went to the Genoa game expecting that because they played all right the first week and they were bad. They had a lot of possession, but Genoa just let them do it. Um, I, I want Empoli to do well because I don't know. It's different having them about and not. Mm. Uh, I saw them against Coyote. They were good. They've got a clear idea how to play. Yeah, you you would like. Uh, apparently, I'm being too harsh, and you think I'm not. How many chances has he had in Italy? He's terrible. Like I went on a rant about Javinko last season. Go back and find that. Um, he's terrible. MLS has improved, but it's still not very good. And if he came back to Italy, he would be terrible, which is why he doesn't get an Italy call up, even though Italy have no good strikers. Like Isaac, thirty-two or something like that. Yeah, he's not good. Um, that's it. Spal Atalanta tomorrow night. Spal will get three points probably. Because that's just how it's going. In the Champions League. Champions League. Tottenham, do you want to, Red we Star do a quick or... little Champions League thing? Not really. No? No, the press conferences are tomorrow. So All right. we'll, we'll have some stuff up tomorrow. Read the website. We'll have things. Uh, is, are we done? We're done. Smashed it. We're done. That was quick. Thank God. We need to go outside. It's too hot here. <laughs> <laughs> It, it, it's very hot. It just got hot in the last 10 minutes. So we were all right. And now we're... It's because I'm sitting next to Connor Clancy, everybody. He gets a bit hot under the collar when dogs are on. I don't know how to ask. <laughs> this is amazing charisma. You're oozing charisma. Oh, don't make it. You don't know what I'm oozing, Connor Clancy. We shouldn't go there. I've lived in your house for the last two months. I know full yeah, well what you're oozing. I will off, but I won't. Um, you, hopefully. Right, that's it. Guys, thank you as ever in the comments. Aaron, I'm sorry, because uh, we picked on you tonight, mate. You love Mattia Destra and you love Roma. We couldn't be nice about either of those <laughs> things today. I'm sorry. Nick, thank you. You've braved it out. I appreciate you. You appreciate me. Thank you. Um, I'm glad to know that. I mean, you haven't smiled all day, Nick. I was wondering if it was something I said right I'm glad I could bring that smile back to your face. Uh, yeah, well, good. All right, go and go enjoy work. Oh, I can't wait. Vito, thank you very much. It's good that you're feeling better again after your sickness last week. And yeah. you can, you can celebrate better. your win for the rest of the week. Actually, what we do need to mention, we kind of didn't do as well this week as what we normally do. Nah, we only went to four games. I was going to apologize, actually, to all of those who come to us for the live in Italy action because the standards have slipped though. We, we were only at four matches this week. Five technically because we were both at once. We can, we can double that up. But yeah, it's poor. That's poor. And the standard music pre-match is poor. Juventus were playing we're Limp, Limp Biscuit. Juventus played Limp Biscuit. I had three songs what? in the game. I was just like, really, really guys, we're playing Limp Biscuit army. Right. I can go one better than that. Genoa played Black Eyed Peas and Macklemore. Macklemore, mm. which Macklemore song? Um, what is it? The big one. 
The big one, the big one. Not the big one. Oh, well, that's... You can expect that at a sporting match. Right, but it followed Black Eyed Peas. Get the party started. Is that Black Eyed Peas? I've got a feeling. That's way too old. That's like 2005 or something. So you were a youngster, Nicholas. Ah, uh, back in that was my prime. I'm gonna guess it was 2009. Out of the clubs in those days, bloody hell! Bloody oh, hell! That was the Aussie is coming out here today. Um, what does that then, mean? The Aussie is coming out. Where is it? You sound very Australian. A lot of the time, you can rein it in a bit, but when you're sad, it comes out a bit more. Rein it in a bit. All right, no need to do an impression. I didn't. You don't you always sound you star. <laughs> um, <laughs> do you want to? Well, well, I don't want to. All right, no, all right, good. Uh, Dov, thanks right. for joining Pleasure. us. And thanks for not doing the impression. Um, <laughs> how many games have we got next week? Uh, I think we're at six or seven. All right, so we're back to normal next week with six or seven games covered from inside the stadiums, inside the country, inside the continent. You don't get it I'll anywhere be else. Here. You'll be there, yeah. And we'll be back I'll to the on Sunday night. In Australia. Morning for you. You'll be here soon. I mean, I would go to a game if I could. We'll I would get help the two of you out here soon. We'll get the two of you out here soon, and we'll have each of the ten games covered. Although hopefully, hopefully there won't be ten games in Serie A round weeks for much longer because someone I can't remember who wrote it has Francesco written. He wrote that Serie A should reduce the number of teams to eighteen and sixteen, so yeah. then there would only be eight or nine games in a week. And I agree with that. So let's scrap the ten game match weeks, shall yeah. we? Get rid of some of the rubbish. The Just drop Bologna and Frosinone now and Parma. No, because then it's an uneven oh, number. Oh, kick, kick, like, yeah, I'm on social media for that. Be quiet, Nick. Oh, That's God. ridiculous. You're clearly drunk. Um, <laughs> Parma's social media feed in English. Uh, they, they had a picture of Luigi Seppi. We'll bring this full circle, go back to Inter. And a picture of Luigi Seppi, and their, their little message was, how good was this guy yesterday? He was rubbish. He was bad. How he kept a clean sheet, I will never know. He was terrible. So I, I, I think they're maybe trolling or something like that. Maybe. Well, they were trolling during the match as well, so maybe they're trolling. Maybe. I don't know. Parma's, All right. Parma's Twitter. Look how good we used to be. Um, we've been smashing Instagram at the games. Uh, our Instagram is our smallest social media account, so head over to Instagram.com and follow Forza Italian Football. You can get us on Facebook under the same name. The website's under the same name. Just put a little .com at the end of it. On Twitter, we like to keep things different and Dobbs difficult. So that's at Serie FFC. You are to blame for that. How? Who set up the Twitter again? There you go. That's how you're to blame about it. Um, okay. But yeah, I've been Connor Clancy, Dobbs Giovanni, Nicholas Carroll and Vito Doria. We'll be back again next week. Goodbye. Did you like that? Bye-bye. Ciao. Did you like that? I like that. Yeah, <laughs> Crociati e tutti i campioni Son del Parma i buoni calciatori Vinceranno, sono leoni Fanno gol, sempre gol Ma nessuno li potrà fermare Sono forti e sanno lottare Fanno gol, sempre gol Nel campionato sono la gloria Parma, forza Parma, questo è il grido di battaglia, forza Parma, forza Parma, con i gol, sempre gol. Siamo tifosi e con trombe bandiere, accompagniamo la squadra del cuore, con il grido, oh Parma, sei forte, batteremo le squadre avversarie. Nessuno li potrà fermare, sono morti e sanno lottare, fanno gol, sempre gol, del campionato sono la gloria. Forza Parma, forza Parma, questo è il grido di battaglia, forza Parma, forza Parma.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.